Welcome to Success Leaves Clues Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Brackett, and I've been blessed enough in my life to meet individuals who've been able to leave me clues on my journey to success. The goal of this show is to bring you the experience of those who have achieved great things and allow you to be a fly in the wall, soaking up clues for your own journey to success. Let's get right into this week's episode. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Success Leaves Clues. I'm your host, Gary Brackett, and I am lucky, man, from the 757, yes, now I reside in Charlotte. One of my best friends, man, Antoine Bethay. Uh, we played together for a number of years with the Indianapolis Colts. Mm-hmm. Brought a chip to the city, so I thought it was appropriate to bring the, the trophy out today. I like it. I you know like what I'm saying? Um, but I got my man in the studio today. It was um, it was Colts alumni, alumni day at the uh, the training camp. How, how you feel being back in Indy, being back in the Colts, not really facility, but out there checking them out there at Grand Park? Man, it's... Uh Felt good, you know, um, even when I left and um, I think that was 2013, I always knew um, I would be a coach for life regardless of where I went to, uh, went to play. So to be able to be back, man, in, in, in Indianapolis, um, you know, like you said, with other alumni, um, watching the team practice, man, it was, uh, it was a beautiful feeling. The team looked pretty solid, yo. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, you know, obviously I think at the beginning – um, training camp, obviously, with, uh, you know, with uh, Carson Wentz going down, mm-hmm. with Quentin Nelson going down. But, um, obviously, you know, just looking at practice with them guys back out there um, after surgery, moving around, looking pretty good, man. I think um, I think we got some high hopes for the coach this year. Man, that's great. Um, I'm put you on the spot. Yeah, yeah. Because so, it's kind of what you do, right? Hey. So, my man got a podcast, Man to Man Podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, where, can, where can they find that at? Um, anywhere you watch, um, anywhere you listen to podcasts. We on Amazon, we on Spotify. Um, anyway, so, you know, man to man pod, you know, myself and Darius Butler. Right. So a lot of y'all is like projections, you know, yeah. looking at seasons. Yeah. It, it's comical, right? They go yeah. back and forth, yeah. right? So it was a good time. Definitely should watch it. So the Colts, what's, what's going to be the record? What, what do you have in that this season? 17 games this year. 17, 17 games. So I will say, um, I'm going to give them 11 and 6. 11 and 6. A good record. Good record. They, they come out, they got some heat coming out the gate. So that's that's going to be the tell, the, the tall tale right there. Like right. the first five games, um, and, you know, coming out, I know when we were playing, we always wanted to win um, our quarters, right? right? So, you know, 16 games, four games each quarter, we wanted to come out at least break even. Two and two, right. or at least three, one. We wanted to win the quarter. Um, this first five games that the Colts have, man, is a, uh, I think it's going to tell, like, you know, what our season is going to be because it could easily go 0-5, right. but it could easily be a situation where, you know, it's 4-1, 5-0, whatever the case may be. And yeah, I think that's set up. That's going to set us up um, for what type of season the Colts will have. I like that. I like that. I can see that uh, 12 and – you said 12 and 5. I said 11 and 6. 11 and 6. 11 and 6. 11 game. 11 and 6. I was, think, I was thinking 12 and 5, but, you know – you know what? Tennessee's gonna be tough this year. Tennessee is gonna be tough, and I think we were talking about the talking about that earlier. Um, as far as that, that new addition to Julio Jones and what that does for that offense, right, right. right? We had Ryan Tannehill. I think he had a good year. Um, AJ Brown, um, one of the top receivers in the league, and then you got Derrick Henry out there as a workhorse. So now, um, if you're a defense, what do you do? You have Julio, you have Julio Jones. You have AJ Brown on the outside. Right. You put eight men in the box to stop the run, which, you know, you got to stop the run. Right. Um, or do you do seven in the box and try to limit 
the two outside receivers. You got to pick your poison, but I think the offense is going to be be potent this year. They're going to be problems. <laughs> it's gonna they be definitely going to be problems. Um, so now let's let's take it back, right? Because uh, I think two weeks ago uh, we got together um, in Canton, yep. Ohio, and saw so our teammates uh, um, Peyton Manning, Edger mm-hmm. James. You didn't play with Edger. Edger's yeah. gone, so yeah. you were there for Peyton's drink. So, so talk to me about. Uh, young Antoine Bethany, 2006, you got into the Colts, man. Walk me through, like, your mindset, right? HBCU guy, Howard, yeah. um, coming here. Um, you're drafted in the sixth round. Sixth round. 207th pick. 207th pick. But, man, on and coming, and Bob Sanders is already here. Yeah. My doll's first, uh, second round draft pick. Yeah. Um, I mean, what was your mindset coming into to the Colts, you know, man. in the 2006? Um, and, I, and I tell the young guys – to this day, when I when I speak to him, it's like all I wanted was an opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like um, that opportunity uh, presented itself, right? So coming from Howard University, obviously, you know, we always hear, you know, the knock playing at a small school, HBCU, Howard not known for, um, you know, their athletics, you know? So for me, I just wanted that opportunity. I just want to, um, you know, for one, obviously a childhood dream, hear my name called on draft day, right? If that doesn't happen, you know, I just want to get in the camp and be able to show my skills and show my ability. Um, I was able to get that call six round. Um, and from there, it was like, look, what, whatever I got to do, whether it's special teams, um, shoot, give, you know, Marvel or Peyton some water, man, whatever it was, whatever it was, man, where I could kind of make my um, presence felt on that team, that's what I was going to do, right? So um, coming into OTAs, man, um, they didn't know if I was going to play corner or safety. Um, and I was able to come out here and show them and make some plays. You know, I was the seventh safety coming in the, uh, on the roster. And, you know, it was seven. one day at a time, man. Just grind, 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 make plays. Um, you know, it was one of them things like don't be heard, just be seen. Just go out there and make plays. Right. And I was able to do that, man. And, you know, uh, game one, man, in New York, man, got my first start. Man, that's crazy. So what walk us through the, the mindset, right? Because I kind of came in similar role, uh, not not necessarily uh, draft rap, but uh, underdog. Yeah. Um, and you're replacing uh, at the time. I think Doss had got injured. Yeah. So you you went from being seventh on the depth chart, and now you're two, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, on one, you and Bo right yeah. starting. Um, How was your mindset going into week one? You know, four just four weeks ago. Did you have any type of doubt coming into camp whether or not you were good enough, right? Because because people that it's one thing for other people to say it, but it's one thing for you to think it. Yeah. So what um, was your mindset? Did you think you were good enough? But then when you found that we won, you would have started. We was like, damn, like that. So um, as OCAs progressed, right? Mm-hmm. I remember it was like a three day stretch where I was I went from working with the two to working with the ones, right? right? And it was a three-day stretch where I got a pick off a of payton, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know, but at this time, it's just helmets and shorts, right? So I'm like, I can move with these guys, right? Um, Thinking-wise, as far as, you know, having to make these checks, having to cover Brandon Stokely or Dallas Clark, I, I can move with these guys, right? And even at the time, going into training camp, um, Alan Williams called me and was like, look, like, you know, I think you're going to make this team, right? Right. So he was like, the big thing for you is going to be like, can you tackle, right? And in my mind, I'm like, okay, that's what I'm known for. Like, this, that's yeah. what I do. I can tackle. So um, going into training camp, you know, 
played well. You know, I got injured. I sprained my MCL, so I ended up missing the first preseason game. But, you know, I'm, I'm moving well. I'm playing well. I'm tackling. Um, and like you said, Mike Dawes got hurt, so it gave me another opportunity, right? Another opportunity to showcase my abilities out there with ones and, and Bob Sanders alongside Bob Sanders. So when um, Coach Dungey and uh, Coach Williams was like, look, you're going to start? I'm like, again, it's another opportunity. I can't let this go. I got to make the most of this opportunity, man. And um, going into game one, it was like, man, don't mess up. Uh, don't mess up. Like, maybe the wrong mindset yeah, at that yeah, yeah. time, but as a young as a young yeah. player, that's all. Yes, yeah, uh, I just don't want to mess up. I just don't want to mess up. Um, I don't want to be that weak link out there. Um, and really, that was my mindset. But at the end of the day, too, it was like go out there and have fun. Yeah. Now that's dope. I, I, I always it's funny, right? Because as as a veteran, and and my dog played fourteen years, yeah. so super veteran. But you get rookies to come in, mm-hmm. and you know you get a little buzz like, "Yo, my man down there locking." He put the yeah. work, so like, "All right, cool." So then you're in the start lineup, um, and it's crazy because I think Bob had ran like a four three something like that. You ran a four three, yeah. And then we have Marlon Jackson out there, so we're, like we have yeah, probably dogs, a solid yeah. back, you know, uh, a, a secondary group, and they're just like, man, seeing that speed out there, playmakers. Mm-hmm. Um, it was fun playing, you know, uh, I think we played, what, six years together, five yeah. years together? And I tell, I tell everybody all the time, um, they always ask, like, how was it playing playing right. here? And I was like, it was just a different feel. Obviously, I went to different places to play, but I'm like, here, like, it was really like a situation, like, I'm out there playing with my brothers, right? right. So it was like, we took it off the field, we went to the locker room, we went out together, we ate together, so it was like, we really um, had one another's back, you know what I'm saying? So it was really, you was out there playing with your brother. So like, even, you know, somebody messed up, we was able to correct one another with us, without us taking it personal, right. you know what I mean? So like you said, with all that speed and just everybody having that same mindset and having that same goal, it was, uh, it was beautiful. Nah, that's awesome, that's awesome. So that's switch gears a little bit because um, HBCU, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So proud HBCU alum. I know you do, do a lot back at the crib, seven by seven Newport News. Uh, in addition to at your school, Howard University. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts now about HBCUs, and what should people know that they may not know about HBCUs, yeah. and why it's so important um, in in just the fabric of, of college and, and institutions? Um. So, the first part, right? So, what do I think about like just where? Um, the landscape is as far as HBCUs, right? So you have your, I'm not going to say top two, you have your HBCUs like a lot of people talk about, right? right. So your Hampton, your Howard's, your Morehouse, your Spelman. Um, but I think people have to understand the history behind HBCUs, right? I think a lot of people get it, um, get it twisted. Some people still don't know about HBCUs and they, people don't even really understand what HBCU stands for, right? It's right. totally black college and university. And first off, just the history. Like, why were these universities even uh, created, right? It was during a time where, you know, black and brown people, they couldn't go to a PWI, right? right? So they created these schools so people, so black and brown people could get an education, right? Um, and then you look at it as far as when you look at black and brown people in the workforce, right? So you got to think about when you think about your black lawyers, your black doctors, your black t- uh, dentists. Like eighty percent of those profess those people working on all those professions come from HBCUs. You know right. what I mean? So it's a rich history, man. I love where we are right now. Obviously, with the black 
um, the things that we've been going on in our society, um, you know, with the Black Lives Movement, you know, you have your, your young athletes starting to look more towards the, the black colleges and university, man. I, did, I think it's a beautiful thing being able to shine this light on um, on these beautiful uh, universities because, you, for one, you get a top-tier education, right. but the experience is like no other. Um, and I say it all the time as a young black man, that was one time in my life where I was a majority. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I was a majority, you know, obviously. And then people say, like, that's not real life. I mean, it is life. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, yeah. I lived it. Like, it is life. You know what I mean? So a lot of people just say, you know, one of the knocks on the HBCU is like, that doesn't prepare you for the real world because you're not dealing with a, a counterpart that's that's white. Right. But that four years, though, it, it, it instills in you that black pride, right? right. It instills in you, um, like, what you come from. You know what I mean? Where... At a PWI, you might not get that rich history right. that they're teaching at a uh, HBCU day in and day out. I mean, crazy. More now than ever, I think. What is it now? The um, uh, was the band culture and and the um, the critical race theories. Yeah. And now they're they omitting history out of the history. Exactly. Class. So not even though they're not teaching it, what they were teaching now they're actually omitting it. Admittedly. So, but you. And that's the crazy thing. Like it's like it's, it's history that's being held from us right. that we should know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And again, um, that we should be learning this from when we was in elementary school, middle school. But like I say, you can go to an HBCU. And uh, uh, one thing for me is like you know I'm walking on campus where you know Harriet Tubman, mm-hmm. Frederick Douglass, Charles Drew, Alain Locke. Like these are people that made a had a tremendous impact on not just the black and brown community, but <laughs> the world in general. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So those are the type of things that I'm, I'm proud about when I say I'm an HBCU alum. That's awesome, man. So, so if it's a parent watching, right, um, they got a decision to make. Mm-hmm. Um, the young child thinking about HBCU, they're yeah. about some other colleges. What would be your push for them to strongly consider HBCU? Um, again, like I, I like, you know, PWI is not for everybody, right? right? HBCU is not for everybody, right? So you got to understand, like, what's the best way that your child is going to learn, right? And at the end of the day, what do you want your child to get out of mm-hmm. his or her college experience, right? Um, I think that's the biggest thing. Like, you know, if I have a child, I'm going to push my child to HBCU. Obviously, you know, it will be their decision because that's, that's they're going to be living that life. They're going to be on that campus day to day, but... Um, just what I was able to get out of that experience where, again, mom, I was a majority. Uh, what they're going to teach me about my rich heritage, right. um, being able to see um, a young man, a woman, that, one young woman that looks like me and we're going through the, the same the same process. Um, that's everything. And at HBCU, you're getting a great education. You can't, And nobody can take that away from you. You're going to get a great education. And I, and I think what I see more... more um, than anything else, it's just the pride of of those individuals that went to HBCU. Yeah, it's, it's, and the PWI, what does it stand for? Could you keep using that term? So Pre- predominantly white institution. Right. So predominantly, so I went to a PWI, predominantly white institution at Rutgers University. So the experience that I have versus your experience is totally different, right? But the the people that I know that went to HBCUs, the pride and the culture that they have, yeah. I think, is much richer than what I had. And, and I was fortunate; I actually have a minor in. Um, 
in African studies. Yeah. So I took more courses than yeah, the, yeah, most the most in, in, yeah. in actually African studies. So understand a little bit more history. But I mean, some uh, institutions they don't even have yeah, that on the curriculum, nor any other courses like that. So yeah. um, I think we're only we can only go as far uh, as I think is what we understand in the context that we have in our situations. Mm-hmm. I think having a better understanding of that the, of our history, good and bad. Yeah. I think it better equips us and prepares us. You know, for the future. Exactly, exactly. And then, like, you know, um, like people say, like, you don't know what you don't know. Right. You know what I'm saying? So if you're at a university or you're at an institution, they don't teach it, like, you know, um, even though, you know, we got to go out there, we got to research this stuff for ourselves just as a human being, just right. understanding and realizing where we came from and how this the construct of this world is. But, um, but again, like you said, man, just being an a HBCU grad, um, having that, you know, that passion, um, that feeling like a family, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Just where, you know, typical HBCU, your class is going to be like 30 people. Yeah. So you're going to have that one-on-one contact with your professors. Um, you know, you'll have a, a few classes that you may have, like a few hundred people, but typically, man, you're going to be able to know your teacher. Your teacher will know you by your first name. So again, right. a parent, you know, if you know your your, your daughter or your son don't learn well in a, a big environment, an HBCU is a perfect place for them. Right, right. And not only that, I gotta give a shout out here. Beautiful woman at HBCUs. I actually met your wife there, so yep. shout out to Sam. Yep, yep. Um, definitely uh, from New Jersey. Yep. So definitely gonna yep. plug that, but definitely HBCU. Um, so rich history. Um, so that's amazing. Switching gears a little bit. Uh, also an author. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So um, it's funny, Hall of Fame credentials. Like, so what is like in terms of the credentials? Author, speaker, Dad, husband, yeah. Super Bowl champion. Like, what, what are you most proud of? Man, um, I think, obviously, I think it'll be the, being a dad, right? Being a father, man. Having three kids and having them look up to you, right? Um, tugging on your shirt, yelling daddy, running up to you, looking at your every move, listening to everything that you say, um, and watching everything that you do. I think that's the, the biggest thing because that in itself it keeps you in check, right? right. So regardless of, you know, uh, the Super Bowl rings or whatever, like, to them, they, you know, they want you to be Super Bowl dad. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think that's the, the the biggest thing, man. But, you know, after that, man, you know, Super Bowl was fun. Um, all the, something that I never thought I would have done. Right, right. Um, you know, obviously being a, a, a good husband, you know, you, you got your good days, you got your bad days. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, right. But, you know, just... Having that title and you know having some uh, having a, a a life partner, um, and after those things, man, I just think being a uh, like being philanthropic, you know, mm-hmm. like giving back to the community, man, helping people that you know probably can't do anything for you in return as far as what you're giving them, but just having that that grace and having it on my heart to be able to give back to the to to, to my community. I think these, those are like the biggest things. Um, in my life at this point. Man, that's amazing. So the book um, entitled uh, Better On Yourself, yeah. uh, I, I like to say, think that I encourage you to write the no, book. You definitely right? did. You definitely uh, did. Definitely conversations about, yo, you got to put this thing yeah, down. Yeah, this did. is amazing. Yeah. Um, but well, how'd you come up with the title? <clears throat> um, Better On Yourself Inside the Mind of Ultimate Underdog, right? So I consider myself that. I consider myself that ultimate underdog, like from day one, you know, 
Um, well, why, why do you think you're an underdog? What, what, what made you think you're an underdog? Just my story, right? So um, I'm just going to talk about it through a football lens, right? So ninth grade, 5'8", 150 pounds, mm-hmm. right? right? This little guy can't play ball. Yeah. All right, cool. All right, that's, you know, um, going to Howard. Oh, like, you know, went to Howard on a partial scholarship. All right, he'll play football for four years. He's not going to make it to the next level. Oh, he might make it to the next level. Right. Then to the next, the next stage, oh, the next chapter. Six round draft pick. Ah, right, he might have a few years in the league. Right. 14 years. So just through the football lens, um, you know, that's where I get the underdog. And then, you know, just in life, you know, coming from where we come from, like, right. you know, um, being able to get to a point where you can really impact people's lives. Like, who would have thought that, you know, Antoine Mate from Newport News is now this person that's giving back to his community in the way that he is. So um, in my mind, I just kind of like sit back and say, like, how will how will people view me um, when I wasn't Antoine Bethay right. or number 41 or the Super Bowl champ, right? Um, looked at me, you know, and I, that's why I consider myself that underdog, man. So, um, again, betting on myself. And I tell people all the time, you got to bet on yourself before anybody else can believe in you. If you don't bet on yourself, who will? Man, that's amazing because now you're – Turn the the book into like a deluxe edition, yeah. and also partner with some some schools mm-hmm. that really talk to uh, the high schools. Yeah, so it's um, middle schools, high schools, right? right. And really, just partnering partnering with them with a speaker series, um, and just taking chapters out of my book and to explain to them how they can incorporate that into their everyday lives. Um, so um, the last speaker series we did, we it was a chapter in my book, where we speak on uh, having great people in your corner, right? Mm-hmm. And that could go from Adolescents, teenagers, young adults to your adult life, right? Um, every aspect of your life, man, you got to have great people in your corner, right? Um, you know, for one thing, don't have any yes men, right? You got to have friends that's going to tell you the truth whether right. you want to hear it or not. You know, they're going to tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Um, obviously, you know, we all went through the high school phase where, um, and that middle school phase where, you know, we have friends that are very, um, I guess, persuasive of right. what we do at that young age, right? So you, I'm telling them, you want to have good people that's aligned with what you believe in, right? Y'all on the same path. You know, if you play football, y'all want to make the football team. Y'all want to make good grades. Y'all want to stay out of trouble. Y'all want to go to college. So at that time, if we can, if we can you know, drive that in their heads at this point in time, great people in your corner, good people in your corner, um, treat people how you want to be treated, uh, be respectful, man. I just think that can help our our youth and nah, that's our amazing, vision. man. So, uh, if, if you're um, someone has a, a program, middle school, high school, how do they get in touch with you in terms of for that program? Where, where do they go to, to find out more information? So, you can um, go to my website, you know, um, and then you know, we have um, you know, our our, our mail. You can okay. just go to my website, AntoineBethay.com, right. um, shoot a message there, and uh, we'll definitely get back with you. No, nah, that's awesome, man. It, it's amazing. And I thought it was so corny at the time, right? And mixed feelings against uh, special teams coach yeah. uh, Ray. What was, what was Coach Ray last name? Uh, I can't pronounce it. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We ain't going to butcher that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but one thing he used to say, well, it was so annoying, but, man, it's so freaking true. And it was like, don't get bored doing the right, right thing. Yeah. And we used to hear all the time, right? Because football, you're 11, man. Do your yeah. job. One eleven, of your job. And, and, and he's right. Like you get out of your gap in one position, that's that's the time that ball is going to get ran in that hole, yeah. and, and they're going to take advantage of it. But in life, 
a lot of these kids, I think a lot of that is making those good decisions. Mm-hmm. One of those decisions is to surround themselves with the right people yeah. and don't get bored doing the right thing. Like, you're not that FOMO, that fear of missing out yeah. by hanging around the wrong people, yeah. right? It's just like, you, you you don't even need to know what that looks like, right? Yeah. Just stick to the course. Yeah, and, and that's it. But, you know, again, not to be naive. Right. You know, yeah, yeah. We've all done it. You know, you, you, you're you curious at that time, at mm-hmm. that age. Like, you know, if I do this, what's going to happen? Oh, they, they're doing this over here. Nothing's happened to them. So maybe I can try one time. But like you said, that one time you tried, hey, that could be detrimental to it. Yeah, whatever you're trying to build, you know what I mean? Even your legacy or whatever at that time. So again, man, uh, like I said, I just try to preach that to the to the to the to the youngest, man. Like, gotta have great people in your corner, man. You know, whether it's a teacher or guidance counselor or good friends, man, that's 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 pivotal. Um just you know, just growing as a as a human. Yeah. You know, just having good people around. It's crazy. Uh my, one of my good friends is an attorney now, um, and he told me something he tells his kids and I kinda borrowed from him. He was like, you know, I, I, I talk to my kids. I'm not naive. I'm not going to do bad things. But I, I, I try to protect them from some things because some some mistakes you don't get do-overs. Right. Like, and, and some mistakes are just so monumental. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you don't get a do-over. Yeah. And, and I think us now being, you know, role models, we got a responsibility to give back and and speak to these kids about some of these truths and, and just that, right? Like, man, some mistakes, like, yeah, I get it. And, and then, but then it's, you know, I think a lot of times, um, for one, you know, where I think a lot of kids look up to athletes, right? Um, they feel as though, like, hey, they're doing, and they always say, like, we're playing a child's game. Right, right. So when, they, when, when, a, when a child looks up to an athlete, it's like, hey, you know, I'm playing basketball, I play basketball just like he does, whatever the case may be. But I just think it's about being 100% transparent, being honest. Uh, like you said, not being naive. Like, look, I made mistakes. I'm not done making mistakes. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm still, I'm still like a work in progress. But, you know, just trying to help you uh, help yourself. You know what I'm saying? Nah, that's beautiful. So one thing is you addressed in the book. And... I don't think we even talked about this um, in, in detail, but you were in San Francisco the year Colin Kaepernick uh, took a knee. Yeah, and you were on that team. You were a leader on that team. Yeah. Were you a captain at that time? No, I was. I wasn't a captain, but the leader on the yeah. team. One of the guys. Um, what was that feeling in the locker room? And kind of because you, you 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 tell a story in the book, a document like the journey and your mindset and how it went around. Like your father. Uh, was a police officer or was in the he military. In, yeah, military. In, in yeah. Military. He's in the military. So your respect for and like yeah. the conversation. So walk us through that in your mindset of what was going on at that time. Um first off, it wasn't as crazy in the locker room as people right, right. portrayed it to be or or it was, right? Where um I don't think anybody really realized what it was because you know we playing at Denver, um National Anthem, you know Cap sits on the cooler, like, you know, really not paying too much attention, whatever. Um, somebody takes a picture, the picture gets out. Okay, why is he, you know, whatever case may be. Um, so it kind of gets out, you know, he starts speaking on, you know, his, his feelings or whatever. Um, in the locker room, as leaders, we kind of like got in front of it. Like, you know, um, some of the players are starting to hear about it and, you know, he's starting to kind of talk about it. So your cap, like, um, can you explain to the team, you know, your feelings? 
No. He said, yeah. He sit in the meeting room. He gets up in front of the team. He explains why he's doing what he's doing. Like it or not, you got to respect it, right? right? So whatever size you was on, you got to respect this grown man, how you feel. Because yeah. what he's talking about, he's not lying. Guys, we, we're like our friends, our family. Yeah. We're, that's that's a day-to-day. Yeah, we getting killed in the street. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So so from there, um, obviously, you know, um, kind of talked about it. We were telling your young guys, like, look, you're going to have a lot of cameras in your face. Um, the leaders in the locker room were like, look, if you don't feel comfortable, Talking, don't talk. Like, you know, don't press yourself to talk. But um, I would say as a team, man, black, white, we were together. You know what I mean? Um, we had the coaches there. Um, our owner was backing them. Um, the owner, it was it was crazy just the stories that the owner um, would sit down and tell us um, about how some of the interactions that he would, he would have with some of his family members um, coordinated. Um, talks with the uh, San Francisco Police Department, San Jose Police Department, um, doing training camps. So it wasn't as crazy inside as it as people were making it um, outside. You know what I mean? So even with Cap, me with um, with Nate, with Nate Boyer, you know what I mean? The Green Beret, and he's giving Cap like, look, I think this would be a better way for you to do it take instead of you right. sit down, take a knee. You know what I mean? You know, when you're taking a knee, you're showing that respect. Right. Um, and then Cap taking that all in, and you know, obviously it went from where it went. But um, I learned a lot of things, right? I even learned that like you were the third stanza in the national anthem that we don't we don't even we don't even sing. And when you look at it, it's like, well, damn, like as a black man, why am I singing this national anthem? Right, right, right. Like honestly, like this is this national anthem is not. Nah, we was we wasn't on your side. Exactly. When you this thing was crazy. So now it's yeah. like, wow, like, you know what I mean? So um it was an eye opener. I learned a lot of things. I learned a lot of different things about, you know, some high school classmates I went to where, you know, people were just on a different yeah. ends of the spectrum, you know what I mean? But it was an eye opener, it was a conversation that needed to be had. Yeah. And, and it's still still being exactly yeah, we're still having that yeah. conversation. So um, I hate how it turned out. Um, yeah, for that as far as you know his his playing career, but um, at times I think we were put on this earth to do bigger bigger things, and I just think that was, you know, that was his call. Right. So your your father being in the military, right? Yeah. You decided not to leave, right? You uh, I think you put a fist, in, yeah. and I remember that photo. Yeah. And I was like, man. That, so, what what was your mindset in terms of like cho- choosing? Man, it was it was it was tough. Um, and not because I because I I wanted to need right. And, and the funny part is just like I'm a, like it's so hard being like a, a what is an armchair quarterback. Man, I'll be out there kneeing. I be it's but, easy. It's easy, easy when you like, when you out there. And I used to tell people that I'm like, man, it's, it's so like you got your nine to five or you got your job or whatever, and it's so much that. You don't like what your owner that you ain't protesting against. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's easy when you can sit on your couch and you be like, man, I would have did X, Y, and Z. I'm like, I, I get it. You know what I mean? If you feel some type of way about me because I did, that's cool. You yeah. know what I mean? But I wanted to show my support for 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 Cap and what he was doing. You know what I'm saying? Um, so you know, having that conversation, you know, we used to always have that conversation with my dad. Because, you know, he wasn't too, we're not too far removed from, from it. My dad went to a segregated high school, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he always used to say, like, me and my older brother, I, w- I don't want you to go in the military because I see how they treat you when you come home. 
you still up in yeah. the street. You know what I'm saying? You still, you, you, they look at you as a black man. You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. So he was like, it's so much that goes in that military, man. So he was kind of like that. But he had to do it because that was his way to feed his family, right? So having that conversation, man, it was tough. I wanted to, you know, obviously give my respect where um, you had some military people like, look, I don't feel offended. I feel as though he's doing the right thing. You feel you had some that, you know, felt otherwise. My pops was like, man, you do what you, what you feel is on your heart. You know what I'm right. saying? I'm going to support you anyway. You my son. So, um, but at the end of it, I ended up um, deciding to raise my fist. You know what right. I'm saying? Raise my fist. And uh, even some people had some... Uh, Something to say about that. Something to say about that. Like, do you know what that means? That means black power. I'm like, you know, you don't really understand what that means, right? The, the crazy part for me, black power and honoring black legacy and black lives matter, I didn't say nothing else don't matter. I didn't say but I'm black saying, power is the best power. I'm saying, but black people, we matter. And at this point, at this juncture, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about right. black lives, right? No question. You know what I'm saying? So, um... At this time, you know, everybody's always going to have an opinion yeah. on what you do. You got to believe in what you believe in. I, I, I respect it, the way you, you handled it, right? And and I probably would have done some, the same thing, something similar. Yeah. Because um, it's controversial, whatever you do. Whatever you do, yeah. But they, you made a principle, right? And you're going to stand on what it is you believe on. But for me, bigger than what you do on the field when the camera's on in your face, what you do off the field. Mm-hmm. So... You have a foundation, yeah. Safe Coverage Foundation. Uh, now, so we changed it. It was Safe Coverage. Okay. Now it's just the Bethay Family Foundation. Bethay Family. So talk to us about like, I mean, did you just build a playground back home? Basketball court back home. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and so for me, it's one thing for guys to march to do all these things. That's great. Like, but who are actually in the community giving yeah. back? Like, who are you talking to? Who are you giving back? What resources are you are yeah. you doing deploying? Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about the Family Foundation because I think more importantly than speaking up is like what you do. Yeah, kinda... actions is it's all about actions, no right? Doubt. You know what I mean? We can we can say what we want, but are you putting your um, are you putting forth the action, right? right? And that was big for me, right? So, um, but they Family Foundation, man, we donated the first lighted basketball court in the city of Newport News, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we um, I got a restaurant out there, you know, um, just during the times during COVID where the kids were out of school, we provided um, lunch throughout the, you know, throughout COVID, man. So for me, uh, you know, we we producing, uh, helping with resources to elementary schools, to middle schools um, who lacking resources during the time, giving them school supplies, man. So we just trying to, um, as I tell you, I'm just trying to do my part, right? I'm just trying to impact a life here and a life there, right? So. Um, a lot of people ask, like, why a basketball court? Like, why not a football field or whatever the case may be? I'm like, you know, growing up, that's what we did, right? We got together, yeah. we, we rode around different cities and we played basketball. And um, just ride, ride around the city, man, just the outdoor courts, it was no more, it was no longer. Yeah, yeah. It and, no it's kind of, uh, from a sustainable standpoint, it's kind of like lower maintenance, right? Something yeah. that could be upheld. For- longer longer than a, uh, than a football. And then it's like, you know, to go out on a football field, you you know, to get a, a good game, you got to get yeah, a, lot of a, a lot of people. Where on the basketball, you can get some youngest, man, four or five youngest, they can go out there and shoot all day, man. So right, right. Um, that was a beautiful thing. So um, for disclosure, I, I used to give an answer that work on the basketball court. So um, <laughs> we had some epic battles. Though. So funny, funny story, right? And this is totally off topic. So we playing, uh, I'm saying uh, Lafayette Road. Yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, Eagle Creek, uh, Eagle Creek Development Parkway. 
So it's, it, I think it's well, me and you on the same team, Bob and, and Marlon are yeah. on the same team. So it's me and it's uh, Bob Marlon on the same team. There's like TJ Russell was yeah, out there, yeah, probably Tim Jennings. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Kevin was not there. I think Kevin can't hoop. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. So, um, so we so we playing the game right, and I think either you on Marlon and I'm on Bob, or vice versa, and like. Bob is going like this, like, no, 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 you. no, Marlon, Marlon is doing that to Bob, like, he gives him head now, we're like, yo, we can see you too, like, we, like, bro, you think you go to, Bob, like, five, six, five, seven, yeah. uh, he probably five, eight, but I was just like, bro, it was, yo, we stopped the game, it's not a lot, it was like, hilarious, man, and then, you know, a bunch of football players uh, on the basketball court, that just, I had to the jailhouse ball, like, but it was good time, though, oh, good man, time. those were the days, bro, good time. Um, so last question, just I'll finish it up, man. So what are you doing now, right? The Man to Man podcast. Yeah. So what made you get started then? Like, like last year's your first season, right? And it was COVID, it was crazy. But man, had some stellar guests on TV, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Great ratings, great reviews. Mm-hmm. So like, what are you looking for this season with the Man to Man podcast? Man, man just continue to grow. Right. You know, continue to grow. I think we jumped in that, um, that podcast game butt naked, right? Right, right? We didn't know what was going on, but we knew we could get some good guests on just because of our relationships. We knew we could talk ball and we knew we could talk about life. I mean, as, as, as men, um, as you got the man, to man, you right. know, um, talking man, to man. And obviously as we both play DBs, we played man, to man coverage, but, um, as this year continues to, 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 to go, man, just continue to, to learn about the, uh, the podcast game, obviously with football season coming right. on, um, get some more great guests on that. And then hopefully, you know, we'll just get in front of, more viewers, man, and hopefully we can we can blow this thing up, man, to have, you know, one of the, the big podcasts, sports podcasts out there. Man, that's dope, man. I, I enjoy it. every time I watch they'll go back and forth. It's a raw podcast. Hey, but- and that's why and that's why um I think a lot of people enjoy, right? So a lot of people will hit us up and like, you know what, it actually feels like I'm in the room talking yeah, with nah. you guys when you guys are going back and forth. And that's one thing that me and D-Buck talked about. Like, we want this to be a locker room feel, right? Yeah. So even when, you know, we go live on YouTube on Mondays and Thursdays and we have people in the chat. So, you know, the people in the chat, they talk shit, right? So we're going to talk shit back. Yeah, yeah, so yeah that's how it works. It's a locker room that's feel. Yeah, right? yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, don't feel no type of way when yeah. I'm joking on you. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just got to bring it back. But it's wrong. Um... It's not going to be, you know, something that you're going to probably listen to on your everyday on ESPN. You know, maybe right. a little curse word here and there, but it's wrong. That, that's, that's what it is, man. I think that's what people uh, really enjoy about it. No, nah, I definitely enjoy it, for sure. Um, last question to Bob. Um, the name of this podcast is Successfully Clues. Yeah. And the reason I named it that, right, because, man, I, I've always felt privileged um, with the conversation that I have with people. Yeah. Like last night we broke bread, mm-hmm. you know, talked about different investment strategies, talk about some stuff and you be like damn I wish people was in a room to kind of hear yeah. like the head is yeah. right so success these clues is like people that are successful they leave clues they yeah. like saw something heard something so for you you talk to somebody like what clue would you give them that you learned in your life that that would be beneficial for them so I was I always say like now right so you know we always talk about oh we took an L right mm-hmm. um, and we growing up we took that as a loss right but now I always tell people like that L is not a loss; it's a lesson learned, right? So, but you have to find it within yourself, like where, what is the lesson in this in this L, right? 
So if you can find that lesson, that can catapult you to different heights that you never could imagine. Because typically, you know, you take that L, you're frustrated. I don't know if I want to do this. Um, I'm going to put it down for a year. I'll come back to it. Right. But for me, it's like, as I've gone through life to say, hey, writing a book, I never thought well, I would have wrote a book. I never thought I would be an owner of a restaurant. Like, I took some bumps in the road. Right. But along those bumps, I found what the lesson was in that L. Right. Now I can kind of, well, not kind of, I can use that present and future. So for me, I would just say, hey, that, them, those, those nuggets, man, like that, that lesson, that L that you think you're taking, just find a lesson in it. Wow. And grow off of it. It's funny. I, I I saw something and man, it hit home. But just like money, you can only spend once. Knowledge, you can spend forever. Hey. And it, it's amazing because I think as athletes, what we do and what I think the rest of the world d- doesn't do is we play back the tape. And you might think you're like there balling. Yeah. You watch the film, you be like, oh, oh my, my God. God. Right, right. <laughs> I missed three easy layup opportunity. Or you, you might think you play horrible. You be yeah. like, yo, I prevented three touchdowns. Like, they ain't throw to the dude who they targeted because I did my job. Yeah. And it's like something that didn't show up on the stat sheet. No one else sees. Mm-hmm. And it's just amazing by, like you said, looking at that from a perspective, looking at your L's as, as lessons and not losses, man. I think that's, that's powerful, man. Yeah, that's real. Dude. Let me last time. So where can they find you at? Man and Man Podcast. The Man and Man Podcast. I'm on um I'm on IG, I'm on Twitter, or at Apathay41. Um you can catch me on my, my website as well, ww.amswampathay.com. Awesome man. Well I appreciate you though. I definitely yeah, I wanna have you back on. Maybe this season I will get an invite to the man oh, and man pod. I know my man got some gems to drop, man. So we I appreciate you though. Always. No doubt, man. Hey, check us out on the next episode of Sex Leaves Clues Podcast. And yo, add some of your friends. Send this to some of your people in high school, man. They need to hear it. My dog is a legend for sure. Appreciate I'm looking forward, like, if you look like we talked about this, like like the stats. If you look at 14-year career, yeah. over 1,400 tackles, 30, how many? 1,300? 1,333. 1,333. How many interceptions? 25. How many, how many sacks? Nine and a half. Nine and a half. Man, impressive career. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm extremely proud Thank watching you. you, right? Thank you, bro. So, um, my dog, Antoine Bethea, man. I'll see you on the next episode of Success I hope you were able to take some valuable insights from this week's chat. Feel free to reach out to me on social media with clues you gain or questions you need answers to. You can find my pages at GaryBracket.com. Remember, it is up to you to make the most out of your opportunities to reach success. Personally, I live this life with an abundance mindset. And deep down, I hope we all make it.